Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today because we always have great artists on in our eyes. You know, there you know independent artists do some great things, and Jenny Tolman has done some great things. And I think that she, you know she's definitely the future of women of country. Really believe that. You know, you'll see later when you hear her song "So Pretty." Um, but Jenny, are you here? I am. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. We look forward yes. to us talking a little bit about your story, some music, and see where it goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I like to get started with the big elephant in the room. How is COVID <laughs> affecting you and how are you going through it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm probably in the same boat as, as the rest of the world in that it's been both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> You know, it's not it's definitely <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely not what I expected this year to look like um, because I was supposed to be touring a bunch because I released my debut album last July. So we had a mm-hmm. we had a full docket of touring planned to to work that album. So that oh, wow. has definitely changed. Um, but you know, there's there's some positives to it, like learning learning about all this streaming shows and all this stuff it's, it's been a, a pretty cool way to to engage in different ways and you know reach even more people mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have been reached if I was touring yeah. so there's there's a bit of bad elements to it but I definitely am looking forward to being able to get back out on the road as soon as possible <laughs> yeah. and that and you know that's like for us you know when we launched our show January 3rd our goal for the first year really was 80 to 100 interviews and even that would be good mm-hmm. if you do that um, so I thought mm-hmm. great goal, great you know for the year. Like you know what, we're we're gonna blast off this year and all that, and then COVID happens, and I immediately yes, I told like, what Cindy, do we do? There, there mm-hmm. is opportunity here. I was like, this may be our time to shine because all these artists are gonna need a place to talk. We're gonna give them that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so we just bumped <laughs> it up. And like I told you before the show, because of that, you are now our 178th interview. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations to y'all. Well, thank you. Oh, and thank the plan you. was only 80. So I go, you know, the whole year it was supposed yeah. to be 80. <laughs> <laughs> now well, we go 300. I'd say it pretty well for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so as we um, get started here, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and kind of a backstory of brief overview of you. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Nashville, which is uh, oh, pretty wow. unusual the for, <laughs> for artists. Yep, they call us unicorns. <laughs> um, so I've just always grown up around music. My dad was a musician. Um, that's how I ended up being born in Nashville. Um, and hmm. so I, I always, throughout my entire childhood, was singing or playing piano or or doing whatever it may be, but it was always musical. <laughs> oh, wow. It was just always kind of this assumed thing that that's going to do. And um, and then I became a little bit older, and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, there, now is the time to actually make the decision if this is truly <laughs> what I'm going to do. So, um, right. yeah, it was when I turned 16, I got a guitar for my birthday, and I had been singing my whole life and playing piano my whole life and mm-hmm. writing stories. I actually wrote these little short stories, so I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll be a children's author or something like that because I just love oh, wow. creating characters. Mm-hmm. And it was like this light bulb moment when I got the guitar, and it was 
wait a second, if I put everything that I love to do together, it's called being country artist. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. So that I've just never looked back. I love that story. And I love how, because again, you know, when, when, when it's your passion and your purpose and your calling, things just fall in place. Yeah, exactly. I've been, I've been super lucky with the people that I've been surrounded by, you know, whether it's growing up or even people just now that I've began to work with. Um, I've definitely mm-hmm. been very lucky and very thankful for all the people around me. That is awesome. Now, before we really dig deep, I always like to start a little light. So what are some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music? Yeah, well, funny you should mention, because I actually started doing this during um, the quarantine time. <laughs> I started a uh-huh. cooking show called The Quarantine Kitchen. And oh, wow. uh, I, oh, I post them yeah. on YouTube and my socials and all of that, because um, I've actually – over the last 10 years, I've been gluten-free. I had to, I had to go gluten-free mm-hmm. 10 years ago. So it was well before it was cool and trendy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, yes. mom actually started doing it with me. We did this anti-inflammatory diet. And so dairy-free, egg-free, soy-free, gluten-free. So it was, it was like, I was a freshman in high school and I was like, wait a second, what do I eat? <laughs> so we had How? to, learn how to make so much stuff because as I said it wasn't mm-hmm. cool yet and so there wasn't as many there weren't as many options in the stores as there are today and so mm-hmm. um, yeah just over the last 10 years I've really learned how to start um, to to make the foods that I can't eat anymore but make them in a version that I can enjoy them in and baking as well so I just kind of started doing this uh, cooking show as something to do while we were in quarantine since I couldn't tour. I was like, well, hey, here's oh, another yeah. little side of me that, that I love to do because <laughs> I do it so much. So, yeah. Uh-huh. I love that. So tell us what is Jennyville? Yeah, so Jennyville is an imaginary world that my producer and I created as we were writing the songs for my debut album. And it mm-hmm. honestly, it wasn't ever supposed to become an like a public facing thing. It just kind of uh-huh. happened. <laughs> it was supposed to really <laughs> just be the place in our minds that we would go to whenever we were writing. Or if I was writing with another writer, you know, I would tell them about mm-hmm. this town and, and there's all these crazy characters running around. And so it really just opened yeah the edges of oh, what wow. you're allowed to say when you step into the role of somebody else and you are portraying a character. It's not just me saying what I feel. It's, you know, I get to explore different edges that way. And so it was really just a mm-hmm. fun place to create from. And, um, but as we were doing it, it, it started becoming like normal vocabulary for us in our everyday <laughs> lives. Like we, would, we would see somebody walking down the street and we'd be like, oh my gosh, they're so Jennyville. Or we would see something on the TV and be like, oh, so Jennyville. So it started turning into this thing to where it was like, wait a second, I wonder if this is actually something that we like let people in on because they then they can enjoy it just as much with us. But um, uh-huh. and at, at first I was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want people to think that I like think that highly of myself and I have my own town. Like that's a little weird. But <laughs> But I, I I came around to it because I was like, you know what? If Dolly has Dollywood, then Jenny can have Jennyville. 
Absolutely. I'm everything after is Dolly. She's a genius. So you know what? I'm just taking after her. She's definitely a marketing but, genius. Right. She is. Yeah, exactly. So it really just became kind of the basis um, and the just the light concept around the album, There Goes the Neighborhood, mm-hmm. which was my debut album that came out last July. And um, it's it's become a really fun thing to get to create lots of different marketing techniques yeah. out of and, and lots of just fun creative elements all throughout the album that tie into this little town. And, and you know, it's something that um, you don't have to pay attention super mm-hmm. close to enjoy it if you just want to listen to it lightly you're still going to enjoy it but for all those like extra credit nerds that want to dig in and be like oh what does this cryptic message mean there's lots of different (laughs) easter eggs people can connect all throughout the album so it's a lot of fun and it leaves the door open for for future music and for future albums to kind of go back and be able to connect things with um it's just just fun yeah you know, that that sounds like Taylor Swift to the next level. Because as you know, every <laughs> one of her songs in the past, everybody will be like, okay, who's she talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, her Instagram mostly for her her personal relationships. These, these people I uh, make up, but I definitely take some inspiration yeah. from some real life people. <laughs> <laughs> So what would you say is something quirky about you? I mean, I have my own town. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. Well, another hobby that I like to do is pole dancing, which some people think is, is a little different, but it's actually, uh-huh. it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really beautiful. It's a, like, it's almost like gymnastics and ballet combined. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. uh, mm-hmm. just on a, perpendicular pole and you know the olympics have actually considered making it an olympic sport because it is so um it's very athletic i mean it's i mean obviously it can be taken a very different way if if that's what you're going for but (laughs) but if you're just doing the the actual like you know dance performance creative athletic side of it it's really quite beautiful and fun and a great workout (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. You know, as you know, since you've been around music really forever, basically, that's all you've known pretty much is uh, music. You know that with where the glory, there's also grind. And a lot of people out there, they see the Blake Sheltons, the Mirandas, the Carries, but they don't see the grind that it takes for people like you to move up that ladder because they, they only see the glory. And I always like to bring out that side of it on our show <clears throat> because no, cause I think it needs to be talked about more, the struggles and the and the sacrifice side, because it's there's a lot there that people don't even get to see. So I'm going to tell a little story to help guide us to where I want us to go, and then we'll talk about that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time, they were full-time with music. I asked Allison what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist. She said this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. So goes, the moment you want it to be a career, everything has to change. So your life will never be the same. She so goes, you have to eat, sleep, breathe music. You, you know, your friends and relatives, they'll never understand because they invite you to weddings. They invite you to um, 
holidays and weekends, but that's when you're gigging. You know, they don't get they don't get that you can't just say no to the gig because you've got 20 people that's depending on that particular gig to happen. You can't just undo that. So they don't understand that. Um, then you might have bad days with a, a horrible day sometimes. But you know what? If you got a gig tonight, you still got to be on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. She says, "But if your heart will allow you to do anything, won't let you do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it." What do you think of what she said? And let's go there about that side of it. Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely agree that if if you're not a hundred percent in, then it's it's never gonna <laughs> happen. You know, when I first started. When I first decided that this is what I was going to do, my mom mm-hmm. and I had a conversation, and and she said, she's like, there's no plan B. Like, if this is what we're going to go after, <laughs> there's plan yeah. B. Kind oh, of wow. been um, my, my you know, reminder every time I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, this is getting, like, this, what am I thinking? And, um, and it's just, <laughs> there, mm-hmm. if there's a plan B, your plan A is never going to have 100% given yep. to it. And so I definitely exactly. uh, agree with that part. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's definitely a different path, obviously, mm-hmm. than, than most people <laughs> take um and i think it just depends on kind of like what she's saying if your heart won't let you do anything else then you're not going to regret doing it exactly um mm-hmm. i mean there's there's times where i you know will either on social media or whatever and i'll see like friends of mine from school getting married and having babies and doing all this stuff. And, and, and I'm like, I can't do that yet. Like I've got to be, I've got to attain a certain level of, of quote unquote success in my mind that, that will yeah. allow me to move forward yeah. in that part of my life. And so there's, there's different things like that, that definitely mm-hmm. um, you're sacrificing in a way or maybe just postponing. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, the, the, payoff and the things that I get to do far outweigh the negative aspects of Mm -hmm. any of it, you know, um, you know, just getting to perform for people, getting to meet new people, constantly getting to travel all over the place, you know, maybe not right now, but eventually we will again. (laughs) Um, And, And just having so many blessings like that to where that's not, you know, People who go a normal route don't get to do all of that, you know, night after night yeah. and, and mm-hmm. get to experience the incredible energy that it is to be on stage and to connect with people and to, cause it's such mm-hmm. a unique experience. There's nothing that emulates yeah. that. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's nothing that I would change about it. Even, even if it drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, every artist has those that moment, or even those moments, where you got the fork in the road, and you're you got to make that choice. And in your you, you, maybe that that day, it seems like everything's crashing. It seems like it's not going to work. You just you're frustrated because every artist get feels this from t- at least from time to time. What drives you 
to get through those moments. Because those moments are the moments where if you had a plan B, you would go to plan B. I think that's what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Because plan B, when you're struggling, becomes plan A, that your average person don't understand. So, what, so those moments when you're in the middle of those struggles, how do you drive through that? Yeah, I would say that gratitude is is a big helper for me. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of like what I said uh, just earlier, just reminding myself of all of the things that I get to do and all of mm-hmm. the things that bring me so much joy um, and being grateful for those opportunities and being grateful that I've given this chance to live this life that is very different and it is very challenging sometimes but if nothing's challenging then there's not going to be a good reward at the end so you know just just reminding myself of of why I'm doing it as well because Mm -hmm. I feel like if you don't have a why a really powerful why behind what you're doing then you don't really have your why don't make you cry yeah, yeah, I've never heard that, but that's that's a really good way to put yeah, it, yeah, you know. I've always heard that. I've heard that saying that that you're that if if you want to know if your why is strong enough, your why should make you cry. Yeah. Mhm. Totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah, because it, it is. It's like mm-hmm. if you're if you're just trying to be an artist for mm-hmm. fame and glory. That's going to be a disaster. <laughs> it's never like you're you're not going to be happy. You're not you're going, going to, be to you know you might you might become really successful, but it's not going to mean anything if there's no why for you involved in it. You know if you don't have any sense of purpose attached to it. You know because I think yeah. for the most part, people that get into this business are getting into it, you know, music is healing. Music is supposed to heal people and bring people together. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, if I've ever had a stronger why, it's it's never been more strong than it is right now when when it feels like (laughs) everyone's just completely walking around on eggshells and can be set off at the smallest little thing, you know, so it's, it's like it's it's times like these where music is so important to be able to bring people together and remind us like wait a second I know we might disagree on some stuff but we're actually very similar and we all really want the same thing at the end of the day and that's mm-hmm. that's a huge thing that music does and you know and empathizing with people and enlightening things and and shedding different lights on on different ideas and being mm-hmm. able to disagree but still loving each other so it's just there's so many messages that can be sent out so quickly and so connectingly through a three-minute song that it's just definitely i mean it's such an important thing that is awesome now that we talked about kind of the grinding sacrifice side let's go the other way and talk a little bit about okay like you said earlier the reward that what you get for doing that so when you look at your career so far what are a few moments where you look back and you're like wow I got to do that yeah (laughs) yeah uh one of them is I opened for Brantley Gilbert at um Rent One Park in in Illinois and it was it was the biggest show that I've ever gotten to play it was um a minor league baseball stadium full of people Mm -hmm. and so 
that and it had a catwalk and everything and and oh my gosh, I walked out on the stage and I felt like a baby Bambi. And but you know, after a couple of songs you get you get accustomed to it and you're like, Oh, okay, I can do this every night. This is awesome. Um so that was that was definitely uh, one of my favorite shows that I've gotten to play. Um Oh my gosh, there's lots of different moments. There's so many. You know, one of one of the coolest things where I felt like, oh my, like I'm a real artist. Like, would you look at that? <laughs> was I got, uh-huh. I got to um, walk the red carpet for the CMT uh, Music Awards last year, mm-hmm. and and that was my first time wow. ever like walking a real red carpet and like. And wow. having to learn how to pose, and people are like stand on this, <laughs> and, and it was just this moment of like something paid off because somebody cares enough to take mm-hmm. a photo of me. <laughs> so something that we're doing is because because that stuff is the stuff that doesn't actually matter at the end of the day, but just mm-hmm. the fat, you know, it's just the pageantry of it all. But when you reach certain pageantry levels I guess that you get to participate in it means Uh, that my music must be doing what I want it to do you know it must be starting to reach people and make them feel something Mm -hmm. so so I feel like it's more of like a a a check mark for like all right we're doing something right Right. (laughs) because I get to wear a fancy dress (laughs) so did you live it out that night (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> that was a, I have a funny story So when I was They they drop all the artists off They put you in these, these black SUVs And There's there's people lined up Along the streets And um, behind the, like the, FBI the there. What's that? Probably felt like the FBI there Oh yeah <laughs> Yeah So I get out of the SUV And there's the, the group of fans across the street and, and they can't see me because I'm far like I haven't walked up to them yet so they're just seeing mm-hmm. me far away and but I just hear Casey Casey they thought I was Casey Musgrave <laughs> <laughs> so, I had this moment of like oh god well, like what do I do because I can't wave because I don't want people to think that I'm like trying <laughs> to be her but then I don't uh-huh. want to oh, well. I'm not a nice person and I'm just ignoring <laughs> them <laughs> it was a very complicated like a very like an, an odd situation that you would never expect yourself to be in because <laughs> wow. yeah, if you just walk away they would still believe it was Casey and then they're going to say, yeah. oh, well, Casey stuck up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had, I had the weight of two women on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I love that story. That's hilarious. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and play your song, So Pretty, and we're going to talk about that. How's that sound? All right, great. Right, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry, 
The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Spent two hours getting ready with my makeup and my hair. My best friend, Amy, helped me pick out what to wear. I practiced what to say, and I practiced what to do. But it all went out the window when I met you. I wish you weren't so pretty, I wish you weren't so sweet. I wish he didn't need you like he doesn't need me. I wish I hated you just like I wanted to, but you turned out to be so pretty. You know you're being nice to me, only makes it worse, and it's killing me with kindness, it's a blessing and a curse. Cold shoulder, a pretentious heat mind grin, just to prove to me that you're no good for him. I wish you weren't so pretty, I wish you weren't so sweet. I wish he didn't need you like he doesn't need me. I wish I heard on the radio in Jacksonville when we were visiting we a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like stunned. It was such a powerful, beautiful song that and sad but yet awesome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you. I was trying to get all those emotions out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how that song come about. Yeah, so it came about from a very ugly, jealous feeling that I had. 
<laughs> so, so it's a real moment. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why it, it turned out to be so powerful is that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. when you're that honest with an ugly emotion that we all feel every now and then, right. um, I feel like mm-hmm. we connect with a lot of people. But, yeah, there was just this mm-hmm. one particular girl in my life that I was like, if she, if she just weren't so pretty, my life would be a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> like, could you please yeah. be a little ugly? Thank you. So it's like it's, it's a terrible thought to even have. A terrible feeling to to put towards somebody. But um, you know, I just I had to admit it, and and admitting it makes you feel a lot better <laughs> about it. <laughs> and, so I had and you to admitted it to the world. Yeah, exactly. So I, I should yeah. feel really great. <laughs> so I had the line, I wish you weren't so pretty, in my mm. notes on my phone for months, just trying to figure out, like, okay, how do, what is this, what do I turn this into without just sounding like a terrible person? Um, so I took it to um, my co-writers, Mark D. Sanders and his daughter, Sophie, and, um, I mean, within 15 minutes, the first verse and chorus was just out because wow. uh, I had actually, I just watched the Amy Winehouse documentary the night before. <laughs> and so my best <laughs> friend, Amy, it's actually Amy Winehouse because that's what I had in my mind was Amy Winehouse. And, um, and just the way that it was able to be turned into such a beautiful thought from such an ugly mm-hmm. feeling you know, being able yeah. to, we start, like it goes through stages of like being able to admit that you have a problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> step one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then it's not, but then growing from that to be able to acknowledge and be mature enough to be like, oh man, you know what? I guess you're not that bad, even though I wanted you to be, to make it easier for me to dislike <laughs> you. It actually, like, you're actually kind of cool. Shoot. <laughs> And being able to have that understanding, because I think that mm-hmm. that emotion is something that we all feel on varying degrees all the time, probably. And, you know, I have mm-hmm. just as many men talk to me about that song as I do women, because yeah. it, it goes yeah. across the board. You know, we all feel jealous and insecure sometimes and that's one of mm-hmm. I think the most powerful emotions at least for me I know that for me that's one of the most powerful uh, emotions I have <laughs> and uh, and that's why I write about it a lot I, I love writing uh-huh. these uh, female narratives like the woman to woman narrative like that mm-hmm. I think is so powerful because um, I've just always loved songs like that, like Reba and Linda Davis, Does He Love You, and The Fool by Leanne oh, Womack yeah. and Joe Lewis by Dolly Parton. So all these mm-hmm. songs that are these women confronting each other or one woman confronting another about these feelings that she's having because of her and and talking mm-hmm. through those and just like admitting them and saying them out loud, I think is such a powerful moment and emotion and, and acknowledgement to have because once you acknowledge that you know what you're feeling and you know that maybe it's not right, <laughs> but just acknowledging it kind of gives you more strength to move forward from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Man, you know, that's just powerful. 
Um, one of the things that we like to do on the show, as you know, when fans see you as the artist or see big artists, small artists, don't matter who they are, they, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR company. They don't see the producers, the managers, and all that. And to me, I don't think they get enough love for what they actually do. So I always like to give artists some time to talk about the team that helps them be who they are. So if you want to take a few minutes to just tell us about the team behind you. Yeah, so I mentioned briefly earlier um, my producer, Dave Brainerd. He's been a huge part of all of this in creating Jennyville with me and, and obviously the music. Um, and he's also just happened, he's, he just so happens to be my sweetheart. We've, <laughs> we've been together for uh, four oh, wow. and a half years. We worked together oh, for about a year before that. We were we were just writing buddies before that and fell in love. <laughs> and but I mean he's amazing. He's a Grammy nominated producer. He produced Brandy Clark's Twelve Stories album that that got him oh, wow. some Grammy nominations. So um, I mean he's been a, a huge part. He's the one that films my quarantine kitchens. He's <laughs> he creates my <laughs> graphics. So so he's. We call him uh, Swiss Army Dave around around <laughs> here. <laughs> and on my, my band, I give uh, everybody in my band has a character in Jennyville. So Dave, we call the Wizards <laughs> of Jennyville. Pay no attention to the man that. behind the acoustic guitar. <laughs> so he's been a huge part. And then also, uh, my parents have actually been a huge part of building my career as well you know I've been are really they part lucky of with... too? <laughs> you know what they don't actually have their own characters which is a really good point that you bring up her name's <laughs> Kathy but we call her Kathy Coog even though she's not a cougar she's younger than my dad so <laughs> it's just <laughs> something that has stuck ever since my sister started calling her that in high school and <laughs> for whatever reason she went to beauty school and she had blonde hair and these long red fingernails, so she was always really pretty. So I think just cast the coog kind of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah, we need to give them some characters. Yeah, because my dad, um, I know I, I also briefly mentioned this. He was a singer um, before I was born. He was actually put together mm-hmm. into a vocal quartet group called the Indian River Boys by Burt Reynolds. Oh, wow. And uh, oh, yeah, wow. he was. He was he was a singing waiter at <laughs> Burt Reynolds Zip Theater and uh, and also oh, a singer cool. at Disney World. And so Burt actually put him and three other guys together and said, all right, we're going to make a record, and I'm going to call you the Indian River Boys. And that's kind of what happened. And they moved out to <laughs> L.A. for a while, moved to Nashville, and uh, got to do some really cool stuff. And they actually sang on Garth's No Fences album. So, uh huh. He, that my dad has a claim to fame that none of us have because he's he is on the most sold record of all time. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so he eventually switched to the business side, um, and he produces corporate events and, and hires entertainment um, for mm-hmm. for special events and things like that. So he's still been in the music industry. Um, so that's kind of what I grew up around with him booking different artists for different things or um, stuff like that. So, so he's definitely been um, a lot of help and, and a lot of, you know, guidance. And when I first Mm -hmm. wanted to start doing this, like, okay, but are you sure? (laughs) 
like, all right, like, I'm going to support you, but are you sure? <laughs> but, you know, everything. There's no plan B. I've decided. I've just, I've been so lucky and so, um, you know, I'm just so grateful that I have a support system that is there mm-hmm. to, to help guide and, um, and looking out for me along the way. You know, my mom does all the numbers. She was an accountant, so she's the left brain of the operation because none of us creative people <laughs> have have any, you know we don't we don't do too well with handling money so so it's, it's nice to be able to have someone you trust and you love to handle all that yeah that's cool so tell us a parent story now, I know they go above and beyond every day so I get that but tell us a story that whatever first thing comes to mind where something that stands out where they done something to where you're you're like wow they really get this is my passion and purpose oh yeah i mean oh there's a there's a there's a myriad of, of <laughs> things they can mean, they uh well here's here's one fun one cuz there's lots yeah. of um obvious uh support with with creating an album and, we and love marketing the fun it ones. and all of that yeah but here's a fun one. So my dad, um, being an artist in the eighties, he had lots of really cool costumes that he would wear on stage. He had rhinestone yeah. suits and fringe rhinestone jackets and all the all that. So he's actually wow. given me some of his old clothes that I have tailored and and fitted to fit me and you know, the pants turned into shorts to make it more girly and, <laughs> and uh, and things like that. So I actually have some of my dad's old wardrobe have now become some of my stage clothes, which is really <laughs> special. Oh, that's, that's really awesome. cool. I love that. Yeah. And we can tell yeah. that, you know, your whole business, because of course an artist is a business now. They ain't like it used to be. An artist, artistry is business, is the family mm-hmm. affair. Well, our show is a family affair. And we have an eight-year-old that we consider a third co-host. We always let him ask one question to each artist. Um, so we're going to, Sandy's going to get him on yes. so that he can ask his question. And we've got a 17 month old that when she gets old enough, we plug in her in too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. <clears throat> Cause we are a family affair. We are. Okay. Here he is. His name is Christopher. He's got a question. Hi, Hi Kenny, what's your favorite food? Oh, what's my favorite food? Oh my gosh. That's a good question. Oh, man, it depends if I'm – okay, I'll give you two options because there's – it depends if I'm in the mood for something sweet or if we're talking, like, an actual, like, savory dish. I could eat pizza every day of my life probably, but gluten-free. And then I love um, cupcakes are my sweet thing. Mm-hmm. I find a cupcake place a gluten-free cupcake place everywhere. Ask my band. Everywhere we go, (laughs) I find a gluten-free bakery, and we go. (laughs) That was a good question. Pizza. Oh, twins. (laughs) Whenever you come to the festival, I'll have to make you a gluten-free pizza. (laughs) (laughs) He'd love that. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Nice to meet you. Yeah, he 
He, he could eat pizza all If we let him, he, could. he, he would eat pizza, pizza all the time. <laughs> I he would. It is <laughs> it's just something you never get sick of. I don't know. I wish that I got sick of it because I would, I would have to work out a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Shel Silverstein. Oh my gosh. Uh, he was the greatest writer of all time to me. Um, he's at, he's really well known or was really well known for his children's books. He wrote where the sidewalk mm-hmm. ends. Um, but he was actually an amazing country artist or country songwriter as well. He wrote a boy named Sue uh, for Johnny Cash. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's Bobby Bear has put out a couple of albums cause him and Bobby Bear were really good friends. Um, Bobby's put out a couple albums that are all Shel Silverstein songs, and they're just so genius. Oh, wow. He's got those crazy characters that I love in his songwriting. <laughs> so I feel like it's just a match made in heaven. But I also feel like I would be terrified to ever even attempt to write with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah we, we know that feeling. We had um... – an icon come on the show recently, Don McLean, and oh, I'm sitting there like, and, and, I, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there like, how do how do how do we ask him questions here? I mean, he's on our show, mm-hmm. and then I mess up at the very beginning. I never do this. I, I, I introduce him, and I forgot to hit the button for him to be live. Oh no! Yeah. And, oh, and that never nothing, happened. And and, and, and it, nothing come out. And I'm like, and I glance at the computer. I'm like, oh god, he's not live. Hit live, and he says, "Are y'all here?" Said, yeah, we're here. And and then yeah. he's like, and then he busts out with, "Y'all are worse than, or you're worse than this with, with the it, with the technology than I am." It's like, oh god, no, he didn't just. Do that. <laughs> uh, that was funny. <laughs> Oh, man. I actually, I got to meet him very briefly. I was uh, doing an interview. This was probably a year and a half ago or so, maybe uh-huh. a couple of years ago, on uh, WSM radio in Opryland. And mm-hmm. I was there, and, and Don was coming in after me, and he came in early. And so he came oh, in wow. in the middle of my interview and was sitting there, and it was like this moment of like, uh hello. And, and so I'm performing uh, a song and doing my interview live and then afterwards he's, he comes up and he's like I really enjoyed that and, and so I was like thank you very much and I happened to have I had brought whenever I visit um, radio stations or I go have a meeting I always since I love to bake I tend to bring baked goods and so this day I had brought it was grandma's pound cake recipe and so I gave him a piece of my grandma's pound cake and Dave was there with me and he goes I bet your grandma would have never thought that Don McLean would be sitting here eating her pancake <laughs> on WSM radio. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So the world is a full moment. You just never know, you know, what's going to happen out there. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta run with your passion and and take it as they come. That's right. You know, like I heard one artist say that. Yes, there's a lot of sacrifices and a lot of grind, but you're really living from that glory moment to that glory moment. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's probably the same for anybody in any profession, you know, or any that's true. Any walk of life is that we're all doing the best we can so that we can get those great moments every now and then that make it all worthwhile. Most definitely. So what's a song out there? And there's probably a thousand songs you could name. So just think of the first thing that pops in your mind when I ask this question. But what's a song out there that you've heard and you're like, I wish I wrote that? Oh, man. There's so <laughs> many. <laughs> there's so many good ones. I know. Um, I mean, honestly, probably A Boy Named Sue is one of them, but that's that's <laughs> like a funny one that I, I uh-huh. wish I had written. Um, or there's a song called You're Still Gonna Die that is by, um, well, the old dogs mm. performed it. It was Jerry Reed, Mel Tillis, Bobby Bear, oh, wow. and Waylon Jennings. They formed this group towards the <laughs> end of their career. They called themselves the old mm-hmm. dogs because they were all old men by, <laughs> by the that. And they made all the <laughs> and getting old. And so there's a song called Still Gonna Die off of that record that I close every single one of my shows with because it's just a funny thing to go out on. So I definitely wish I had written that. Um, oh, man. River in the Rain by Roger Miller. Roger Miller was one yeah. of my favorite writers and artists as well. Just, oh my gosh, there's so many that I that I. When we get off of here, you'll probably be like I should have said that, you know, like like I think our number one song that people have said is the house that built me. Oh yes, that's I, my popular what, choice. That one's definitely that one's gone through my head for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm about to ask a question of a purpose for the way I ask it, and I'll explain right after I ask it. If you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm kind of asking it in this way is I want artists to kind of open up because this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini before pretty much everybody knew who she was. And Mm -hmm. the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of what she's living right now. I mean she knew where she was going, and she was driving for it. So, mm-hmm. if all bets were off, where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I will be selling out arenas. Hopefully, you know, reaching <laughs> reaching as many people as um, touring all over the place constantly. But I will also get to be uh, having family as well, and you know, starting those mm-hmm. types of uh, of milestones. As well, but uh, definitely the career-wise, you know, we're going to be playing the Opry all the time. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the, the way that I project it. I I would love to have um, Miranda Lambert's longevity in her career. I think she's done an amazing job at continuing awesome. to evolve yeah. with with mm-hmm. her music, but still being so. Um, relevant, accessible, and, oh, yeah. and commercial, and still selling out the arenas by herself, you know, headlining herself. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so just, oh, and also I will be making plans for the Jennyville theme park. <laughs> there we oh, go. We love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're yeah. going to hold you to that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you I know, when, when, when we're doing. When we're doing our show five years from now, I want to be able to 
use that same question and say, you know, we we interviewed um, Jenny Coleman five years ago, and what she told us is exactly mm-hmm. what she's living today. I want to be able to do that five years from now instead of All Kelsey right, you B. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you're successful. So let's say you're successful. Mm-hmm. If you could meet your future self, it doesn't matter whether it's five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road. If you could meet your future self, what would you say to her? Whew. That's a heavy one. <laughs> you know what? Uh, probably, I love you. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's good. That's something that, that, uh, I think a lot of people struggle with all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that's, that's something that I struggle with, you know, continuing to keep that confidence and to continue to keep that faith in yourself um, and believing that you're going to, that you can do it and that you're not crazy. And, um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, you say I'm proud of you and you're doing a great job. Love that. And I would, yeah, even, we tell know that. You... I would even tell that to my younger self too. Uh-huh. Well, see, we always, you know, everybody always asks about the younger self one. That's why cause we're trying to make our show different. So that's why I like, you know what, we'll we'll go to the future and see, you know, I guess nobody asks <laughs> that. What would you tell your future yeah. self? And I guess <laughs> if, we're talking about, if we're talking about the five years from now, I'm going to be able to say you did it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you said it on the Chris yeah. and Sandy show and you did it. <laughs> yes. that. <laughs> So let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing. And let's say there's something special. There is definitely something there. And let's say they've played maybe 30 shows. They're still getting their feet wet in that arena, a stage presence and all that. But they've gotten on that stage and they got what every artist says, that stage bug. And they've looked over the mm-hmm. crowd with the crowd roaring and they're like, they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and say, Jenny, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Learn, learn how to uh, do business is, a, is something that I mm. wish that I had known, you know, because a lot of people think that it's just the stuff that you mentioned, you know, it's just, playing shows it's just writing music it's just mm-hmm. singing but at the end of the day you mentioned this earlier it is a business and mm-hmm. and uh, being an independent artist definitely as well is is a huge business you are your own small business and so yep. um you know the past couple years that I've really uh dug into this being my career I've learned so much about how the business works how the world works um how you make money off of doing this as a career. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much um, fun on the music side, and then there's so much actual work that you have to do on the the business side that nobody ever talks about, nobody thinks about until it's mm-hmm. time, and you're like, oh, shoot, yeah. I guess I need <laughs> to learn how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. I, I think mean, people, I think people when they step in... Yeah, because I think when they step into this arena, I think when they step into this arena, like you said, they don't know what they're getting into, and this is a business. 
I don't care, you know. And it's even more of a business now than it's ever been. You know, back back twenty, thirty years ago, you could step in it, jump in a label, and you know what, everything's taken care. Of. Now, granted, sometimes you get taken advantage of that if you don't know everything, but it was mm-hmm. easier back then. Now, as an independent artist, you're there are thousands and thousands of other artists who are independent too. So you have right. to know every aspect of your business, of your career, of your passion, of your purpose, all the way around. <laughs> and then you can, when you hire the people, you'll be more knowledgeable so you hire the right people. Exactly. Yeah, if you look at some of the biggest stars in the whole world, Garth Brooks and Dolly Parton, they're some of the smartest mm-hmm. people you have ever heard of. Yeah. Most definitely. <clears throat> so, as we come to a close here, I've got one last question, and we'll let you get back to what you were doing. Um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh, my gosh. Probably that question. <laughs> it, shows, it shows that you care. <laughs> and, you, and we've built our show around that. It's funny. Um, like I remember about 70 or 80 episodes back. I don't remember exact ep- episode, um, but it was a girl named Francelle. Um, yeah. um We asked her that question, and she said, I just wish somebody would ask what's quirky about me. And Sandy and I <laughs> love that so much. Oh, that, that's that's been in every episode. Yeah. Oh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> We built our show really on that great. question because the goal is yes. to make our show better. And, and again, I'll be honest, there are some questions that people say, like, I would love to add that, but we're a 60 minute show, and that little part would probably take up another 10 minutes. So <laughs> it sounds good. Because the goal would be the goal is to be, a, to be a impactful 60 minutes, get as much out as we can. To hit every area of the artist's life. Well, I guess if, and we we kind of touched on this organically, but what is your why? Is it is a yep. great question. Well, yep. We'll talk so much about all the fancy stuff that we get to do, and and mm-hmm. and all of that. But what is your purpose behind all of this? So, what is your message? That would be. We'll end with that. That would kind of goes along with that. Yeah, so my message is song on my album called My Welcome Mat. Um oh, wow. and it's and it's not it's not the mainstream message that we're mm-hmm. being sold right now. Um yeah. but it is the true meaning of learning to love each other and learning to um accept each other for whatever differences we might have, you know, that's why I got into music in the first place was because I felt different. I felt Mm -hmm. um, like I wasn't, I didn't have a place. And I, Mm -hmm. and so I would release that through music. And I think a lot of people listen to music for those same reasons, or they listen to music if you want to laugh or, you know, which a lot (laughs) of my music tends to, to that is that I spent so much time feeling sad about these emotions that I had that I learned to transfer it into um, 
laughing and, and helping people laugh about the situations that we're in because we all end up in these places sometimes that are not so great, but you know what, we're going to get out of it. We're going to get through it. And so I like to mm-hmm. um, bring a little bit of comedic relief into times because life's not supposed to be taken seriously, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's those types of messages along with the, you know what, I might not agree with you. I might think very differently than you, but I still love you and respect you. And I'm going to sing music for you and we're going to sing it together <laughs> and we're going to use party. We're going to cry. We're going to laugh. We're going to wallow. We're like, whatever you need to feel, I'm here to feel it with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Great way to end the show today. So if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you, that'd be great. Yeah, so Jenny Tolman on all social platforms, Jenny with a Y and T-O-L-M-A-N, and JennyColeman.com. And my album, There Goes the Neighborhood, is out anywhere that you purchase and stream music. Love that, and we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you all having me on. This was great. Thank you. We, you know, Thank we're you definitely so going to keep track of your career, and we're going to keep track of that we five-year will. goal too. Oh <laughs> yeah, we will. All right, we'll do it. <laughs> uh, you, you have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.